Welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss art and life and what, or rather, who inspires them. I'm Cliff. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we speak to Imogen Kwok, chef and creator of beautiful and delicate multisensory experiences using food. Thanks so much, Imogen, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited to be here and speak to both of you today. Yeah, we're thrilled. Um, we just really wanted to deep dive into you, how you got into food and your approach to it. Um, for the context of our listeners, I went to a dinner party that was created and hosted by Imogen several months ago and was just completely blown away by the way that you integrated ceramics and art and did so with so much nuance and delicacy. So yeah, blown away. And ever since then, massive fan. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, so let me think, I mean, it's been quite a natural progression. I've always been creative in ways that are like tactile and using your hands. Um, like I was playing the violin since I was six and I've always painted and drawn and, you know, cooked with my family. Um, and I was actually deciding between studying fine arts or art history before, you know, for university, I ended up choosing the latter. And after uni, I went to culinary school, um, the French culinary school Institute in New York. And I worked in restaurants. Um, I was at Blue Hillstone Barns and 11 Madison Park, also located in New York and then segued into styling for food photography. And um, so I was doing that for a couple of years and then I moved to London a, a year ago now or a year and a month ago now. And I just wanted a change of pace, of environment, sort of to find new inspiration. And I, you know, I was wondering how do I use like my understanding of art and my like strong foundation and classic culinary skills and use those together. So I feel like all of my experiences, um, I use them all the time now to design these events that I'm doing currently. Well, that's really fantastic. And it's, it's really interesting that you, you relate the two with, um, using your hands and mm. cause, cause I was looking at your bio and thinking, okay, you went from, from uh, history of art, uh, which is, which is pretty bookish. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jen, Jen and I will attest to. We, we, we might know a thing or two about that. <laughs> There's a, a lot of images there. I mean, sure, lots of people are artists and come into art or curating because they're artists and they make things. Um, but, uh, you know, on the surface, it looks like a pretty big shift from, from looking at images and the aesthetics. But then, gosh, you know, working in a kitchen is a hard old grind, isn't it? Oh my god, I don't think I've been as happy or as miserable at the same time. Um, I think that being part of the restaurant world is unlike anything I've ever been through. Uh, it's so physically demanding and you have this pressure to fit in and prove yourself to the team. Um, and even after culinary school, I felt so young and awkward and inexperienced. Um, and also because it's humbling, repetitive work, totally. Um, you know, like I was peeling potatoes and scrubbing oysters and, you know, everyone helps um, like clean the kitchen entirely too for what seemed like hours and hours on end. Um, but I, I think that those kinds of tasks are 
an important part of cooking in restaurants and they teach you how to be like super focused and uh, and very thorough and that carries on um even now like i kind of now i even kind of like relish that repetitive uh, almost now like meditative type of work and was that was that bar set um from from the french culinary institute that sort of um because you, you learn a certain style and a certain uh, quality control level of excellence that you then carry forward and want to work in the places that that set and maintain that high bar um yes well both of the restaurants that i have most of that spent most of my time in are sort of like michelin michelin star grade restaurants um which is wow. which is fantastic because you really learn how to be efficient how to organ like organization a sense of urgency uh like sort of all these things that you know are very important in a restaurant world um but it's also myopic in a way in in those especially at Leather Madison Park you're plating everything with tweezers. It's all like super, super wow. exact. <laughs> and and if you drop your tweezers, it's like you get hazed by everyone. And you know, <laughs> if you drop them, they take them and they put them in this bin right in the past, like right in front of everyone. And you're not allowed them back. And so it's it's a, it's that meticulous attention to detail that that makes the food so incredible. But um I think in the end, I decided it wasn't really, I didn't have the flexibility uh, in, in that setting. I really wanted to do something more that wasn't uh, so hyper, hyper refined and, and perfect. So Some serious tweezer shaming going on there. Yeah, I can't believe I had tweezers. <laughs> what? Like PTSD with tweezers. Oh, no, no. It's the only thing that's like, like really stood out to me was, was like the tweezer thing. But I, mean, I think I like now cooking more, like getting in there and having things look bountiful and serving things family style. And that's, you know, that's not plated. That's not as exact. But I feel like that is um, almost more nostalgic to to the diner. And I, I prefer it now. So you kind of see how your your style evolves through working at different places and being influenced by different chefs who have mentored you in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I can I would love to hear like or the different like maybe chefs who have influenced you, who have inspired you, but also about working in different places. I mean, how does it the food scene in New York is such a scene. And in London, I feel it's grown over the last decade from when I was first in London, then left and came back. And how do you find the reception to it working in both places? Um, do you find it similar or different? Uh, what makes you tick in both places? I think that New York has this, as a city in general, it has this like crazy frenetic energy. And especially you see the turnover of restaurants is very high because everything's so packed together and it makes things easy to just go from one new place to the other. Uh, in London, I think just like architecturally and like geographically, it's more spread out and you have, you know, sort of the things are at a slower pace. Not to say that London isn't um, close behind New York in terms of creating innovative food and, and new places. Um, but I just I when I moved here, I definitely felt calmer and 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 sort of like better here. It seems like people are putting are a little more thoughtful about opening up new places and um, yeah, and just and, and how they present and put out their food. Right. Thank you. And, you. and you've gone from then working in, in a number of different restaurants and getting all those experiences to then moving over to 
uh, I guess food stylist is is the formal formal title for that. Uh, so tell us a bit about um, setting out in your own direction and also the kind of ethos around what it is you're doing with food uh, visually and in terms of taste. Uh, yes, well, I I sort of see food as, you know, it's like one of life's essential things and it but it doesn't simply it doesn't simply cover our basic needs of surviving it it brings us pleasure mm. and it moves us emotionally so it made sense to me as a totally like elastic metaphor that's also relevant to everyone and um i think like our interaction with food it involves all the senses which is kind of what my work right now is all about you know it's taste and and sight and smell and, and touch and, and sound and and I think that makes it like in, incredibly again incredibly intimate and unique experience like there's something about eating that is like at once it's it's sensual and it's grotesque and it's beautiful like nothing else is and I think that sort of unlike other art forms, um, eating is about like consumption. You're, you're like, physically absorbing it into your body to understand it. Like, it becomes part of you. And um, I express myself the best through food. And so I see it as it's like, it's like a living, organic material, and it's challenging to work with in ways that, for example, like marble and paint and like paper are not because I sort of see the, the cooking is an aspect, but yes, like the creating art and using it as a medium is also a huge part of it. I think it's incredible to think of this notion as food as a medium and how you can play with it, how you can create something and that spectrum of, you know, sensual and grotesque and being just fully multi-sensory. I mean, I just completely feel it. And actually, and I think Cliff would agree, we've had a running theme. We've interviewed and had chats with so many different people in between two curators. And somehow we always come back to food. (laughs) Every person from like an, you know, architect to a fashion creative director, um, someone who set up a yoga studio. There's this running theme right or there's running interest and it's because it is that essence mm-hmm. right we need to consume we, we, and then it's like how and why and oh I I, I I just it's it's a core need and like how do you satisfy that and oh yeah it's it's exactly everything that you've been saying um and I was wondering if we can expand a little bit on you describe marble and paint and can we talk a little bit more about these sources of inspiration your relationship um, with art, but also design, architecture. I mean, you studied art history. There must have been, you know, maybe certain movements or something that drew you out. Um, well, I think that... I feel like overall right now, I, I'd i like to find ways to interpret something. And that could be like an interior design brand or a fashion house or a like an architecture firm or anything like that. Uh, or something through a culinary lens that is not traditionally associated with food. Because I want to like surprise people and push them to be like, oh, I can understand this, but I can do it using my whole body, which is part of eating. So I think for, I mean, for example, kind of at the moment, I'm, I'm working on a few like unexpected pairings. Um, so one 
is an edible installation for a design festival. Another is a fragrance company that that'll be kind of like an olfactory dinner and sort of where you have like the sense of everything and how does that, how do the, 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 the cues in every scent and every fragrance, how are they reflected in the dishes that you're eating? And that's not just... And there's another one, actually, that I'm really excited about, but it's like kind of like for a furniture studio for a new collection, and that's about the materials that are used and the concept behind it. Um, so I feel like when I'm in, like designing an experience, I want to consider every like aspect of the collaboration. So it isn't just like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's not just a translation of aesthetics. It's like, what is the context? What is the techniques being used? Like, what are the textures and like, what is the culture of perhaps of the person behind it and how to bring that to the plate? And do you have, um, do you have uh, cultural influences in terms of food as, as well? Or do, is it really a, is it really just that research project that you, you sort of take a deep dive into whoever it is you're collaborating with at the time? I think that's the, the fun bit of the job. I feel like, yes, like, like delving into it and really learning so much about it and all of the, that, the research. I think that um, I've definitely, over the years, embraced sort of like my Asian background more and bringing out those flavors more because, you know, the culinary school that I went to was, that's French. That's all like classic European. And um, my parents, even though they're they're both Asian. We didn't really eat that much Asian food growing up in New York, which is it's such like a cosmopolitan city. You were always sort of like finding new things. So I feel like um, recently I've sort of been like fascinated by like old Chinese techniques. And actually, Jen, that was when you were there for the ceramics dinner. That yeah concept of of baking something in clay. That's what I sort of had was obsessed wow. with at the moment and they used to do that it was used to be called beggar's chicken and that was a chinese like peasant dish that they would do um they would wrap something in leaves and then cover it in clay and then bake it and so i feel like sort of that part of my background has been like creeping in more and more like, as i get older which is which is great yeah it's amazing i'm also thinking because from going uh, observing your other projects AP Inc. Mm -hmm. perhaps as well, where you were playing. I mean, you tell me, you tell us more. But you were, you were, you were, you were playing beautifully with like sardines and ink and Chinese painting and yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that one has been really great, and that was actually right before the lockdown. So it seems like the last hurrah where we were oh. going to be together, <laughs> and we had like fifteen people cancel right before, and um, but we still sort of it was still you know. We managed to bring people together and it was really great. But um, I think ink was such a, one of those like fluid materials that you could play with. And so um, we wanted to have that like viscosity aspect to it, but also have things touch on um, like sort of like Chinese ink brush paintings, but not not have it be too in your face. Like I, I always sort of I want things to be like subtle and have like the, the feeling being there. Um, Without it being too obvious, if you know what I mean. Mm. And when when you start to put ideas together, because it, as you say, what you put together involves all five senses. Um, what does that process What does that process look like? Is is your kitchen actually a laboratory? Are you are you constantly <laughs> mixing? And because of course, it's if it's far beyond food, then you know you you might you could be 
going to the art shop for inspiration. You'd be going to Kew Gardens and looking at flowers and pulling all sorts of things um, together to try and uh, to try and paint a whole picture of experiences for your for your guests that evening. Um, I think I try to start as broad as possible, like with whatever wild idea comes into my mind. Like if if it comes into my mind and I want to at least test it out, a lot of the like tedious part of the job is testing recipes over and over again. And, and I think that's where um, like being trained as a chef like comes into it because you know how things are going to work and if it's going to be able to be executed properly. Um, but like, even though I kind of like treat food more as an artistic medium versus like simply cooking something or like catering, um, I think the core of every project is like the joy of feeding people, you know, and it's mm. making people mm -hmm. feel good because in the end, like food, it doesn't lie. You can't hide behind the concept and people, when they, when they put it in their mouths, they're going to know straight away, like if it isn't tasty. So when I'm designing a dish, um, like it has to be like creative. Yes. Impactful. Yes. But it always has to be delicious no matter like how striking the presentation is or no matter how wild the concept behind it is. And I think there've been so many times when I'm putting together proposals and I've tested an idea and the, the technique is like very innovative and it looks super cool and it's very striking, but if it doesn't taste good and it can't be done properly, then, um, then, then I can't do it. I think that's something that I can't sacrifice. So that's kind of a huge part of my thought process um, because cooking, that's sort of how I like show love to people and how I want people to feel and, and if and they need to enjoy that. Um, mm. So sometimes it's, it's frustrating and limiting to use food in this manner, but in a way... I kind of like to like use those parameters and be like, oh, just like use those, to like push you to be more creative and like find a way how it works for all of the senses. And I think like in the end, when it all works, like super satisfying and like, you know, you can see that people are like entertained and like, I don't know, like you, you can see the reaction um, of people when they're, when they're, when they're there in front of you. And that just feels really good to me. I love this concept and it's not even a concept. It's this truth that you can't lie. It's either, it's, it's either good or it's not. And it's can be presented in the most beautiful way, but if at the core, it's not that good, that goodness that you're describing. Um, yeah, I completely, completely see that and feel that and know it. <laughs> um, uh, but also this, this expression of love, right. Mm. And the, you know, the, I, I love it as a love language. And I was wondering, you know, how it is. I mean, you've been working in these you know, major restaurants. I mean, <laughs> we've, you know, it's Michelin starred, it's high powered, it's prestigious. And, you know, you struck out on your own now, right? You're working independently, not only as a chef, as a creator of these different experiences, as a food style. How, how is it working in food independently? How, how, I mean, there must be so much passion. There always must be trials. I mean, how is it? Uh, it's been very challenging, I think, uh, especially starting an idea that people are not 
they don't understand completely sometimes. Um, I think mm. because the food industry has, I mean, it's definitely changing over the past uh, maybe like 10 years. Um, like food has kind of been in the spotlight and chefs, they're more like rock stars as opposed to just being service yeah. workers, invisible in the back and people are cooking far more from home and I and as sort of the whole food world has been like super elevated um mm. really recently and I feel like that's because the younger the younger generation maybe they value these experiences over just like possession and like owning something um but I think it's still a little bit of a battle to to have people change their mindset from eating just to sustain you and eating to mean it to be more than that. And I think mm. that um, finding specific people who, who, who like get it, who like really understand and are open to it um, has been one, one bit that is, um, that has been a bit of a struggle and um, understanding how to sort of like pitch it in a way that, that, that people can be like open-minded essentially. Um, and it's hard doing by myself and it's hard also, I really, I think I need, a, a, I'm kind of looking for a studio space to work from as opposed to, sometimes you can rent a kitchen just for the event or just for the project, but um, I would really like a permanent space to sort of be in and experiment with things and like see what's going on. Um, and so that's kind of like on my list of things to do. Ah. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah, no, 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 I would really love that. Um, and then you have a lot more freedom. You just need, it's a lot of like tools and equipment and like, like physical like stuff that you need in order to be, ex to execute a certain vision. So I think that trying to line up your ideas with what is possible, given what you have, that's also been, um, been something like a, like a, like a hurdle that I'm running into as the projects get larger. So, um, uh, sorry, does that answer your question? I forgot what it was. Yeah, <laughs> no, it does totally. And it's, and it's super, and it's super honest as well and true. And it's, um, yeah, I think whenever you're, you know, working independently, there's, there's always these different moments, but especially as you're saying this approach to food and how it's evolved and effectively, I think, you know, there's so many different galleries in London, right. That have been that, that you've collaborated with and collectors and they've approached you. And it's interesting because it's like, on the one hand, you are creating these experiences on the hand, you're a chef, but on the other hand, you're also an artist, right. And it's this defiance of pigeonholing because it's actually, it's lateral thinking, it's lateral approaches. Um, no, exactly. I think I've been frustrated sometimes because, yeah, as, exactly as you said, like I've worked with galleries and galleries in London before, but sometimes when I speak to someone, they'll just say, oh, but we're not looking for catering right now. So I don't think we, yeah. need, your, I don't think we need your services. <laughs> and I just say like, no, but it's, it's more than that. Like I want, like that's what I'm trying to prove. It can be seen as two different things. Um, or like multiple in multiple ways. So it's not just like, like here to here, it's sort of like a multifaceted concept. Um, but I think that's part of the challenge and that is, yeah. you know, it's important to do and finding a team to work with in terms of like, yes, I do. I like to, to do everything myself, but I hire, you know, assistants to help me and that kind of thing. And also finding people who are on board with the idea. That's really important to me. Like you're, like skills are one thing, but if you have a passion for it and we're on the same page, like that is almost 
that almost means more because we have the same intent. So I think that's, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly see it as um, uh, totally true in what you're saying about the food, everybody having a uh, much uh, greater awareness, much greater consciousness about um, what's, what they're putting in front of themselves, what other people are putting in front of them. Um, and also what you're saying about the, um, about it not quite landing when the combination isn't right, even though conceptually it might, it might all of a sudden right. And it reminds me of the, the food exhibition that was recently at, at the VNA. Mm-hmm. And, and that exhibition finished with uh, a bar, a food bar, where you sort of have your menu and you picked things that seemed to represent yourself conceptually. So they didn't really relate to food. They might be your sort of political attitude or your 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 uh, risk level or um, you know what uh, what textures you like, and then that was sort of fed into a program, and the people behind the bar then plated you uh, a little sample of uh, of you. <laughs> your, yeah. No, they had tweezers. They for sure had tweezers. <laughs> They had smocks and tweezers, of course. How long have um, they been using those tweezers for? That's what I want to know. Are they? But, um, you know, my takeaway was, my literal takeaway was me on a plate was not tasty. <laughs> so so my my personality on a plate was, was not enjoyable. Wait, what was um, it? What as, was as it? As I thought it might be. I, I can no longer remember. I think it involved buckwheat. Um, okay. <laughs> which is good in the right way. Uh but also, you know, the the, the riskiness, uh, the failure, it's all part of it. And I like that you um, see it as a kind of studio space. And, and I keep coming back to this idea of, of laboratory and wanting to experiment. <laughs> uh, do you find um, that people uh, will come to you with a certain food agenda and uh, and say, you know, I want to, um, whether it's whether it's ethical, whether it's about local produce, you know, especially at a, a time of awareness, people are heightened awareness now. People mm. are like, oh, I can't find eggs. What's happening? <laughs> uh, but also factoids like, you know, Britain only produces half of the food that the country needs to survive. And so this, the whole chain and supply chain is, is, is much more sort of at the surface of, of conversation these days. And I think like the the issue of sustainability in the in the hospitality industry is so important, especially like right now, given like like COVID nineteen, um, and it's something that I that I definitely want to be aware of, and especially if it's say for I actually had a conversation about it the other day um, with a company who they only use recycled materials. And mm. that lends itself well to interpreting through food because the, the, we need to think of more ways to, to incorporate that like environmental aspect to it. And I think that because, you know, you're working with something that could potentially help someone eat, uh, have a meal that day. I'm always trying to like, it's a guilt thing as well. Like, okay, I need to test this recipe. I need to do this. But at the same time, like I'm almost wasting it because it's, you know, it's not, it's not going from, from my hands to a person. And just, I have to do it for the process and for, you know, my project to be successful. So I'm keeping that in mind. And um, especially sort of in the context that we're in right now, um, but it would be nice to do perhaps a uh, like a project with someone who's who's sort of 
that, that whoever that's their ethos like through and through and then doing something that reflects that and sort of making something out of the materials that they're sourcing or you know that kind of thing I think that'd be great yeah I think it's 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 so important to recognize you know the, the the life that we're in, the world around us, and how do we respond to it without existing in a vacuum, right? I think this is something that we think about when we're putting together exhibitions, but it's also when it also, you know, creating meals and food and so on and so forth. And um, I think it's time for our final question, <laughs> which we ask uh, all our guests. Um, and that is, what creative inspiration do you have for our listeners? Imogen. Um, uh, I feel like it's very simple, like, it's a simple one, but sort of taking the time to, like, notice beauty in nature or beauty that's naturally mm. occurring and, like, weaving that into your everyday life is really important. And that's why I always try to remember. Um, and in the kitchen, that could be, like, appreciating a young thyme plant and all of its like whimsical curves and it's kind of like purple green green leaves or and like using that as garnish for your dish and it just generally in your house or your home that could be arranging like a cluster of flowers or just like citrus fruits that I brought I you know I bought today and sort of like putting those in a way that is um that creates its own sort of like small like pocket of beauties kind of more like a still life than just haphazardly throwing them all over the place and it doesn't have to be a complicated or or perfect process I think there's a lot of sort of this simplicity and like the beauty of the imperfections that are found in nature but I feel like it's very meaningful to live and breathe in an environment that pays attention to those small details and I think that in itself is inspiring and I know that I feel better when I wake up and I can maybe like see something that's green or sort of like I can go, this, it creates a flow to your to your home and sort of what you're surrounding yourself with. And um, it, it makes me happy, but it also sort of, it, it sets me up in a good place to be inspired and be creative. So I feel like that is just something that I would, I would pass on. I love that. It's really <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, Imogen, if people want to find out more about yourself and the work you do, um, where do they go? What channels are you on? I My website is um, ImogenQuok, K-W-O-K dot com. And um, my Instagram handle is also my name, at ImogenQuok. Yay. Thank you, Imogen. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And, um, well, join us next time for more creative chat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.